0: what is up everyone and welcome to the very first episode of the Die by the blade podcast where josh and i sit down and talk about everything buffalo hockey i'm your host luke the other guy on my screen is my co-host josh and we're going to get right on into it josh what is up how are you who are you this is our very first episode of this so why don't you give the listeners a little background on who you are and how the hell you got here
1: how's it going everybody i'm josh it's great to be here really excited for this um i've been a sabers fan my whole life as i'm sure many of you have as well i know luke has as well uh, my claim to fame is i was born into hockey two months after i was born was the infamous no goal so that's that's how i got here um but no yeah uh i studied uh um you know, radio broadcasting at SUNY Fredonia and with a minor in sports management. I actually just graduated in the spring. Um Had a, have always had a passion for sports, played sports all through high school, not hockey until recently, actually. Um, But you know, that's just kind of how I got here it was my love for sports and my education at college. And then me and Luke actually met because we started, Luke started a podcast almost three years ago now that, is our other show that we do. Um, And that's how we met. We ended up living together. We lived through the pandemic together at our apartment in Fredonia. That was a wild ride. Um, And here we are now, um, 107 episodes later on the other show. But um, yeah, and then like I was saying, you know, I've always been a Sabres fan through the ups and downs and through all this BS we've seen in the past 10 years. Um, And I'm sure we're going to, get right into that stuff as we move along here but um but yeah and other than that some more stuff with my personal life i work at um wgr wben and the bat 1520 in buffalo along with uh being a part-time backroom worker at best buy because student loans are a pain in the ass but enough about me let's hear from our illustrious host lucas seeley
0: See, Josh may have been born into hockey, but I am the born into the epitome of Buffalo as I was born at seven sixteen PM. So I'm the epi- epitome of seven one six. I wouldn't um, say
1: epitome. You were born in October.
0: Yeah, if the you start were born of, in H- July the start of hockey, the start of hockey season, the fucking mean? You could have been born in July on the sixteenth. That would have been better. That but. that probably would have been better, but That being said, I obviously, Josh mentioned, I also went to Fredonia. I graduated, ironically, with a music industry degree last year in 2020 during the pandemic. Um, I also just had a love of sports my entire life. Uh, Hockey and football, definitely taking the charge on that. Being from Buffalo, makes sense that hockey and football are the two forefronts because those are two big major league teams. I, as well, I played sports throughout, throughout my life growing up, but Never really on, like, big teams, like, you know, like, actual, like, rec teams, like, through, like, varsity and whatnot. I kind of just played it more with my friends and everything and never played hockey. Still don't play hockey. Working on it. Still not there. I apologize for those listening. We have never played hockey. But here we are.
1: Not we. I. I play. I'm a beer league hero. I learned to skate 45 years (laughs) ago and
0: been playing for about three or four years all right so. well i don't play hockey so i apologize for those listening that are upset by that but still know plenty about it and still just love to talk about it and that's what we're here to do as josh said yes we have another show for the four uh i've been the host of that for the past two and a half years going on three weirdly enough started back in college but this is die by the way podcast and we're here to talk about Sabres. Amricks, you guys listening anything and everything under the sun that has to do with buffalo hockey and we're going to go ahead and jump right into that because the sabers right now are sitting at five two and one and have a game tonight against the san jose sharks as is uh november 2nd as we were recording this they have a game tonight against the sharks what this team's winning yeah that why? How? <laughs> Wait, yes, more, more. It's a little. Honestly, that question right there, why and how, is actually a really good question. Like, why? Because Shane writes right there in your well, grasp. <laughs> see,
1: i I remember when we tanked, quote unquote, when we tanked for Eichel and McDavid in twenty fifteen. I it's not that I hated it, but I just don't like the idea of like, oh, there's someone good. Let's just lose, like. That's why I like and hate the lottery system that the NHL has. Because if you look at like the NFL, they don't have a lottery system. So you can literally just lose and get the best player in the draft, or at least have the choice at the best players in the draft with the NHL's lottery system. You can't do that. It's not a guaranteed first. I mean, sure. We've had two first overall draft picks in the past few years, but it's not guaranteed. I mean, we've seen simulations where teams that are at, 12 jump to first we've seen actual real life things where teams at 12 jump to i think four remember chicago did that a couple years ago they jumped from like 12 to a third or fourth or something like that Mm -hmm. so that's why i've never been a whole proponent of hey let's just lose and we'll get this guy like yeah chances are you're gonna get a top three talent but you're not gonna you're not guaranteed to get somebody and that somebody isn't guaranteed to be good look at nail yakupov I mean look how well that worked out for the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> so to bring this back to now, my expectations this year were just have fun with what they do because we're going to suck anyway. This is what this is how I went into the 2015 season too. Take the wins, take the fun. You know they're going to suck, so don't expect much, but when they do good, enjoy it, you know? Like and they're doing really good. Like Kyle Poso. Is was one of our leading scorers at one point. Zemgus Kurgensins looks like he did in twenty twelve. Like this team is working together, and I think a large part of it is because of Don Granato.
0: Oh, and, it's most definitely because of Granato.
1: Right. I mean the fa- the fact that he was on the coaching staff with Ralph Kruger is beyond crazy to me because it it, it looks like he didn't even have a say in anything. Because this no, well, is like no a
0: completely different team. No one did. It was Ralph Kruger's systems. Ralph Kruger made the system for that, the, for this team for the past two years. And we saw what happened. Donnie Granado came in the last 22 games of last year and said, I don't really have a system right now. I'm letting them go play how they want to play. If that's how well, they want to play, saw... I'll build a system around that.
1: Well, and we saw in the offseason, I can't remember his exact quote, but it was something about along the lines of making your systems work. And he said, if your system isn't working with your players, change your system. It's like putting a square peg in a round hole. You can't make your system work with players who can't play in it.
0: Exactly. So you either
1: need to change. I mean, sure, if it's like one or two players, don't change it. But if it's the whole team, like it was with Ralph Kruger, you need to change something. Like, Ralph Kruger's team would look great in... Very, very minute aspects of the game. Don Granado's team looks well overall with small little things they need to work out, partially because of the talent, partially because he's a new coach, and partially just because it's hockey and you can't be perfect. It's it's a sport, you know, you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. But what I love with Granado is what he's doing with our young guys. Casey Middlestat in that 22 games last year, 18 points. Casey Middlestat. Looked like he would never score 18 points in a season, let
0: alone in 22 games. Well, we all, we all waved Middlestat off. We're like, oh, he's not going to be anything. He's not going to be good. We wasted a draft pick on him. He's a bust. Right. right. Partially, that was because kind we of, rushed him. but I didn't And now guess. we're kind of hurting without him in the lineup. Right.
1: I mean, Middlestat in, well, you know, he only played one game this year, really. So you can't really base that off anything.
0: True, but, but if, you, if you add him back into the lineup, based on how he played last year on a and based on the um, efforts he took this off season to grow his game and what he showed throughout the training camps and the off season and the preseason and through the first game, like he was looking like, all right, he's, he's ready to take the step now. He was, and without was him, a... we see the, the issues at depth at center too.
1: Right. He was driving play as an NHL center, which is something we didn't ever think he was going to be able to do. I mean, he looked like he could be our number one center in a couple of years, maybe. I mean, I think that'll that I think that job will be Dylan Cousins, but what's nice to see is you have someone that can also be there if say Cousins gets hurt or he's in a funk or something like that. But Granado just seems to be getting something out of these guys that no one has been able to for the past ten years. I mean, granted, no one on this team was here ten years ago anymore. I mean, we got rid of Ristalinen, we got rid of Reinhardt. Um, Jack is hurt and on the brink of being traded, which we'll get to later. I know you're all probably longest... sick and tired of you're all sure. that.
0: <laughs> the longest tenured saver right now is Zengmus Gergensen's.
1: Right. Yeah. Oh, that is true. He's, yeah. We've
0: we... been what? here we... since 2012.
1: Yeah, that was 2012. And I guess the next one after that would be Akposo.
0: We signed him in 2016. Yeah, I want to say you're right on that one. It's, it's either Akposo yeah. yeah, because we signed him
1: to an eight-year
0: deal. Yeah, we six, signed him to a no- oh, was, seven-year was a six, deal. Seven. Okay, July first,
1: twenty sixteen. Wow, that looked great back then, didn't it? <laughs> the Did year it we signed him, he was coming off a fifth, a sixty-four point season, and he's kind of on pace to. Do something close to that, <laughs> which is. Uh, weird. I
0: am mean, okay, okay. It'll yeah. it'll dip. It will dip. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! The only the only person actually that's been here just as long, the only two years less than, uh, Gergensen's, is technically Victor Olsson. He was that, drafted seventh round in twenty fourteen. That is true. That is true. He, he hasn't been with the team. He's been with the AH, He was with A. H. L. for a year, and then he's been with us for the past technically two and a half. It, these COVID short seasons are just messing with everyone's oh, yeah. concept of it's, time. It's, <laughs> it's been a lot. <laughs> was was that our original draft pick? That seventh rounder. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah.
1: I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure it was. Um. Because the only reason I ask is, and I'm. I, I want to get to this in our prospect section when we get there. But some of the draft picks that we traded for years ago in like nothing trades are turning into good players. Jakob um, Konechny comes to mind. We gr- we drafted him, I think fifth or seventh round. And the pick that we got that trade, or the reason we got that pick was because we traded Taylor Fidoun to the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Anyway, That's like an I said, name. we'll into that a little bit more later. So back to the team now, Luke, I have a question for you. What are your thoughts on Tage Thompson at center? Do you want to see him stay there? And what have you thought of him there so far? Mind you, two years ago, I said, Tage Thompson is an NHL center or well, not that at the time he wasn't that caliber, but Tage Thompson is a center in the game of hockey. And on our other show for those of you who may have come over here from there you'll remember Steve would rip on me endlessly saying Tage Thompson is not a center he is a winger look at him now he is an NHL center and he's filling in for Casey Middlestat, we suspect pretty he's, well
0: he's doing pretty well he's doing pretty well so 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 my thoughts on Tage is i I didn't completely write him off um, over the past, you know, season and a half, two seasons that he's kind of been up and down in our roster between the NHL and AHL, bouncing back and forth trying to find his game. Obviously, the big reason, as most of us know, that we've been writing him off is because he's six five, like yes. two mid mid two hundred. Like, I want to say like two thirty ish, two forty ish. He's built. He's a big boy, and he's never used his body. And that is why so many people have written him off because he doesn't have that. He's not a fast skater. He has a long stride because he's he's literally
1: Tyler Myers before Tyler Myers turned into a defenseman. You remember that? Remember when Tyler Myers used to play forward when he was like 15 years old
0: and then they were like, Hey buddy, you're going to play. defense." (laughs) (laughs) But he's, he's learned how to use his body with his stride this year. And this past, this throughout this off season, And that is the reason he was able to make this switch from wing to center at the NHL level, because he's finally learning how to use his body with everything else that he is pretty good. He's he's decent with his hands. He's got pretty decent hands. And if he can just use his body, hey, he's middle six, top six player. It's just a matter of how long will this stay now? That's my that's yeah. my concern right now. How long is this going to stay? Is he going to hold on to this and he's going to actually grow into the player that we were expecting him to be when we made that Ryan O'Reilly trade that no one wants to talk about?
1: I mean, even if he turns into the player we wanted him to be, that trade is still a massive, massive mess up by this franchise because if Patrick Berglund who literally just left the NHL and then I believe was arrested. Yeah, who knows? Or he was like on trial for a pretty, I, I don't know. He, exactly. he
0: went home country. He, he went back to his popular. home
1: country, but I'm pretty sure he went on trial for a possible, he was being investigated for a possible crime. Vladimir Sabodko was just bad.
0: bad. There was no other way to put it. And even the underlying numbers, show how bad he was even if you don't want to even just only look at stats and right. everything we know he didn't really put up any points but even the underlying numbers were just bad right.
1: and then the last piece of that deal besides thompson was the third well what ended up being the 31st overall draft pick because the the blues won the cup yeah no one but, saw that one coming but it was ryan johnson and ryan johnson's starting to get better and again we'll get into that sort of thing during our prospect section but what i want to point out with Tage in the 2019 2020 season, the season of when the pandemic came in in April. You know, when the pandemic started and everything. Thompson played one game with the Sabers. I think it was I don't think it was the first game, but it was his first game of the season. And he dislocated his shoulder and needed s- shoulder surgery.
0: Yeah, it was it was like it was like mid-season. Right. Cuz he was he was starting to tear it up in the A and we're like, "All right." No, no,
1: no. I think I thought it was at the be- No, you're right. You're right. It was Midway he was starting, he was he starting to do good. I'm like, oh,
0: we can bring T.H. Thompson up. Let's so go. I'm,
1: yeah, because I'm looking at his cap-friendly stats here. Shout out cap-friendly. He had 16 games in the A that year with 12 points. So, yeah, you're right. They did. He started out in the A, played amazing, came up for one game, got injured, was going to maybe be back by, like, February or March, and then the pandemic happened, and they were just like, you know what? Scrap it. Let him get fully healthy. He comes back in the COVID-shortened season, gets 14 points in 38 games. I'm pretty sure most of those points came in at the end of the year after Kruger left. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Again, looking back or looking at Don Granato and this team as a whole. And now he has four points in eight games. He looks like he knows how to use his shot. He looks like he knows how to use his body. He's still – I mean, obviously, this whole team has kinks to work out. But, again, he looks – like he's turning a corner. Much like middle stat, much like um Victor olofsson who's starting to score more on five on five. And starting
0: to look look like he's actually starting to back check too.
1: Yeah, you know, actually on the the play, not just being a shooter. But Mm -hmm,
0: and you love to see
1: it. Yes. Also fair warning for the rest of these episodes. We are very, very I at least am very, very optimistic whenever it comes to this team.
0: I'll, I'll be, I'll be, don't worry. Don't worry, everyone. I'll be the one that kind of brings him back to reality. Like, yeah, we're five, two and one, but a look at the teams we faced B it's not, I, I don't, I don't think it's sustainable. I think we can definitely stay like at the Batman 500 that everyone likes to call it. Yes. With the overtime losses and things like that.
1: Um, But like I said, I'm very cautiously optimistic. And by cautiously, I mean, very optimistic all the time. Like I was optimistic. I think it was,
0: three years ago oh, when, buddy. Oh, we know.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> I know at least. Oh yeah. Listeners might not know yet, but you, you get, you guys, you'll learn to understand. Yes. Anyway, back to, back to Tage though. Like he's the, the biggest thing I've seen from him with him using his body more is behind the net play in the offensive zone. That's mm-hmm. the biggest thing I've noticed. He's getting yep. into the scraps. He's getting into the dirty areas and actually winning the battles because he's not learning and learned. How to use his body to win those battles because he can he's some of these defensemen are like 5'10, 10 that he's going against on a netly basis right he's a bigger player use that to your advantage and just get the puck away from them and he's starting to do that and that's why he's looked pretty good at center because he's also winning face-offs right because he can he's tie guys our, up. he's been our best center at face-offs right
1: one thing i really like to see or i would like to see more from him i mean obviously yes we know he has a shot so you want to utilize that shot on a power play or even just in the offensive zone. But I want to see him screen more. I want to see him in front of the net, getting in net bat net front battles, not necessarily to deflect the puck, but just to be a body in the way of that goalie. Because it's one thing to look around Jeff Skinner or Victor Olafson or Archie Roots or Asplund. But if you're looking around Tage Thompson, I mean, let's 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 take tonight for example. We're playing the San Jose Sharks. James Reimer is the expected starter. James Reimer,
0: he's is an average. Six foot two. Go- he's an
1: average goalie. He is six foot two. Thompson is six foot five. Not on skates. So six foot six. I'm sorry. So he's even taller. Like he's almost seven feet tall on skates. I'm assuming these heights are mm,
0: more nah. like six eight. Skates only give you like two inches.
1: Oh, okay, but still. You're a six four goalie looking around a six eight player yeah. and looking around your defenseman. So my point being it'd be interesting to see if Granado and his coaching staff try to utilize Thompson more in front of the net rather than
0: shooting him like shooting it himself. So here's here's a, a not a hot take, but a take that I, I know fans aren't happy with. And and exactly what you said is the fact that why is Thompson not in front of the net? Why are we using Aspen and Skinner and these little guys? and i think at least with the thompson line the reason that aspen has been the one to go to the front of the net is a because of how scrappy that that little guy is and b thompson has the best hands on that line yes and yeah. i think that's bit, same with same with the power play thompson has the best hands on his on his pairing aside from skinner but skinner Skinner likes that net front presence because he likes or, to get in the heads of players.
1: Yeah, Skinner's always been scrappy. I remember a few years ago he tried to fight Zdeno Chara, and hey, I was Ennis, like, "This knocked what him did he over once." It? And Ennis is smaller than him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Ennis took down, wasn't it Provorov that one time? Yeah. So I do like that Skinner. I, I like that all the little guys get involved in front of the net because they're that pesky little little guy that's just jabbing you in the side, just pissing you off. But. And, and, I, and we've seen so far this year, the perimeter guys on the power play are Darlene Olofsson and Thompson, at least with that unit. And then your net the, front guys
0: are Skinner and insert player here. Skinner, Asplund and insert. Um, Colin Miller has dro- dropped down there a few times too.
1: Yeah. But I like it when Skinner and Asplund are out there, that's our best power play unit. I think yeah. by the numbers. Um, I mean, you look at the power play unit that has Ocposo on it. I remember the first night we saw that, we were like, what are you doing? Why and is,
0: is Ocposo and now Gergensen's on the power play? What? Right. And then but, they scored.
1: As we've seen, they can score now for some reason. So, anyway, to get back to, you know, this team as a whole, I, I don't even know what, I, I want to say where do you see them going from here, but I don't know
0: like it's it's hard it's to tell so because we don't we don't know you know there's obviously always going to be issues with you know what if someone gets hurt what if this person like we already saw that after the first game right. Middlestat and joker got hurt oh damn now what like the team does we, look less who are we inserting yeah they
1: don't look as just they don't look like they have as much pep in their step without those two in the lineup more middle stat than joker but mitts is I just feel like he's more of a presence on that team now. He's I remember hearing Dalene at the beginning of the year. He sat down with a for an interview with Channel Two and he said this locker room is unlike any Sabres locker room he's been in in his first
0: what four years here, three. Has it yeah, been? Yeah, he was a, he was a, he was a 2017 eighth, or no, he was, overall.
1: he was 18, he's, he was the 18
0: draft. No. Yes. Then he had to be, no. Darlene. was the 18 draft. That's what I said. I'm oh,
1: talking, talking about, about Darlene. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking about Darlene.
0: I am behind. I thought I was, we were still on mids. My no, apologies. No. 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 No.
1: But that's why I, I, my point was: is I think guys like Middlestat, Cousins, Darlene, they're becoming the presence in the locker room. It's no longer Ristlinen, Reinhardt, Eichel. It's, and it's even more Okposo and Gergensen's now. I think they, I was re-entered
0: the conversation of being the locker room presence so so that that's the big thing too and why you have seeing why you're seeing these young guys okposo ever since his you know he got here on this big contract and then all of a sudden got relegated to role player he kind of embraced that and was like i'll be that veteran guy for these young players and that's exactly right. what donnie granado was doing with having him and gurgensen's being the uh, two alternates this year is we don't have a captain is so that they can kind of, as the players in the room, they can kind of see, and probably they're probably talking to uh, Don Granado being asking like, and telling him, Hey, these are the guys that are standing out that could be captains in the future. Right. And that's probably yeah. exactly what he's using on post when Gergensen's for.
1: And I know we've talked about this before, but Dylan Cousins needs to be only an alternate next year and maybe even the year following because I, what I hated with the Jack Eichel captaincy is making him captain like right away. Like we made him captain too quickly. Plus hot take Jack Eichel is not a good leader. Um, He's not he's not a good soul leader. I think he needs to be, part of a leadership group but he's not he shouldn't be the guy when it comes to leadership at least um but i think dylan cousins can be that one guy but i don't want to rush him into it because as weird as it sounds i think that if you rush someone into leadership especially in sports it's gonna mess up the rest of their game because they're gonna be so focused on everything else going on around them because as a leader in that locker room and as a captain Guys come to you not only for on-ice things. I mean, obviously, I'm not speaking from experience, but just things I've read. I remember The Athletic did an expose with um, – not expose. I don't know what the correct term would be. But they interviewed former Sabres captains about the whole Jack Eichel situation. And one of them said, you know, not as not only are you dealing with on-ice problems, but you're dealing with if a guy has an issue with his wife or his girlfriend. You're dealing with if a guy has is homesick. You're dealing with if a guy – is not getting enough sleep at night or not fitting in, in the city or with the rest of the team. It's all these different little things. And then you also have to focus on your game on the ice. And you also have to focus about being the lead by example guy. So it's all these so, things. And I think it's just too much for those young guys to handle.
0: Here's, here's, here's my counter to that though. And you, um, those listening, if you're, if you, you know, frequent, you know, the die by the blade website, you'll see this article, hopefully within the next few days, um, why Dylan Cousins should be the next Sabres captain. I'm not and, saying he
1: shouldn't be the next captain, but just not yet.
0: <laughs> but but here's the issue. Next season, we're going to have a captain no matter what. They're not going to do two seasons of no captain. And my my idea is give Cousins a C, but either... I posted has two years left, right? This year and next season? Uh, Yes. So... Keep, and then I, we'll get rid of that god awful contract. <laughs> keep, keep Oposo and Gergensens as your A's to be to be the guys that the players can go to for the off ice stuff, so that Cousins can work on beca- how to become a leader, and he can learn from Oposo and Gergensens, who have been A's mo- many times. Oposo more so. He's been an A here for a couple years. He's been on and off with an A. I believe for like half the season when he was in the island for the last two years, he was an A. Mm. Yeah. So, I think so he knows what it's like to be a leader in a locker room. He's been there, done that. Yeah. So,
1: no, I, I get it. It's just, I get I get so gun shy now with rushing players with anything after Middlestat because, I mean, Middlestat came into our team after putting up an incredible world juniors. I mean, we all remember it. Casey Middlestat was like the guy. We, we thought we drafted the best player in the draft at eighth overall. I mean, he had 11 points in seven games in the world juniors, and he looked phenomenal. Yeah, He comes in, and he scores 25 points in 77 games, and he looks like, okay, yeah, it's his rookie year. Then he comes in and scores nine points in 31 games and looks like he's never going to play in the NHL again. But that we also have to remember, we put a like basically high school kid into the NHL because at that time, Casey Middlestat had only played one year of college hockey. I mean, sure you can say Jack Eichel did the same thing. Connor McDavid did the same thing, but they played very different styles of hockey and they were very different caliber players than Casey Middlestat So, that's just my whole like fear of like rushing people and jumping into things too early, because I feel like this team is poised to be very good in the next two to three years. And I'm so scared. We're going to mess it up somehow. And it might not even be like someone's fault. It might just be a natural thing. You know, that's, yeah. that's my whole thing. Who who knows? Um, Should it's... we address the
0: elephant in the room? Do we, do we want to, I mean, like, I, I, this, this is our, this is, this is the first episode of the Die by the Blade podcast that Melissa was so generous to give us. Do we really (laughs) want to talk about Jack Eichel? I, in, in in general, I, honestly, like, it's been out there for the past year. He wants out of Buffalo. The only thing, Buffalo wants him out. Yeah there's been trade rumors they've heated up and cooled down 17 different times a day for the past month and a half minimum.
1: Here's the, here's the two new things, quote unquote, at least different sentences than that we've heard than from what we've heard for the past four months. And I'm sure by the time this is out, most of you will have seen these reports, but the rumored reported, whatever you want to call it package from Vegas that was offered to the Sabres directly. Like, it was uh, Kelly McCrimmon or whoever their GM is. Um, Who is it? God, I can't think of his name. Oh, yeah, it is. It is Kelly McCrimmon. He said, look, Kevin, we're going to give you Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, one of Brenda Brisson or Nick Haig or Zach Whitecloud, and a conditional first-round pick for an injured Jack Eichel. If Kevin Adams could have, he would have said yes. But from what it sounds like, and this is coming from like other sources, not me, because I don't have sources. I'm just a lowly college graduate trying to make his way in the world. Um, Basically, it's the money issue. Vegas can't take on Jack's cap hit. We can't get rid of Jack's cap hit. Because we'll be below the cap. Because we'll be below the cap. So, we need to retain, but we don't want to because then it'll be a five-year retainment. It won't be like a one or two-year, okay, we're done. It'll be the rest of Jack's contract. That's how much money we retain. So, the rumor has it, along with this report, is that there is, the both teams are looking for a third-party source to be that cap retainer, but... I don't think Arizona
0: enters the chat,
1: right? That's the big, most notable, probable, like that's the most probable destination for Jack's cap. But the two problems there being one, like I said, the Sabres would be under the cap. Well, under the cap and two, what do you value that, that money retained? We saw this happen a few years ago when Robin Leonard went to the golden Knights. He went from Chicago to Toronto. Toronto retained salary and went to Vegas for like a second round pick. Still don't
0: know how Toronto did that, but...
1: Right, but it was for like a second round pick. But this is Jack Eichel we're talking about, and this is for a long time, for most likely a lump sum of money. So yes, Arizona is the most likely destination, but will they want that money in five years? When maybe they'll figure their shit out and they'll rebuild. Yeah, Not likely. So. That's where this whole issue lies of like they have the deal right there but they just can't get that last little piece. It's like you're building a puzzle and you just lost the last piece of the puzzle.
0: I I almost want to be like, you know, screw it, drop Brisson off that and see if we can coerce Riley Smith out of them too, but I doubt that's going to happen. Because that's see, and that's another take... 4 million and boom, right there, then we'll still hit the cap four. Right.
1: And if you take that, it's yeah, like like you said. Riley Smith's five million actually. So it's so five million plus four 9 7, point seven. So it's the, 9, yeah. Nine point seven from Vegas. For Jack's ten. I mean plus you count in Peyton Krebs um eight
0: hundred. Eight
1: hundred thousand, that's over ten million right there. So that would figure out the deal.
0: But I, feel but I don't like think drop,
1: I feel like you'd have to drop that first round pick too, which is a problem.
0: I because... think Vegas also is not fully willing to get rid of Riley Smith, especially right. if they're going to lose Tuck in this too. Yes, that's I their right. Want... That's their right side, minus Mark Stone.
1: I mean, but remember, Riley Smith is a UFA at the end of the year.
0: That is true. So, so he has can...
1: less, he has less value to us, the Sabers, but he also has less value to Vegas as being an unrestricted free agent at the age of 30.
0: So what I'm hearing is Vegas says screw it, loses Riley Smith, and we take him on a loaner for a couple months, and then he goes to another team as a loaner at the deadline. Got it.
1: Maybe. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, actually. But the problem is is I feel like the only way to make that deal work that would be worthwhile for the Sabres and the Knights is you'd have to kick in a little extra with Eichel in Robert the form of a Hank. draft pick or two. Or in a form of a draft pick or two, <laughs> and and remember, Vegas is hurting for players right now. Will That's, Carlson? It was just announced today. Will Carlson is going to be out long term, six for the,
0: weeks, I believe. The broken
1: foot. Yeah. Max Pacioretty is out long term. Al Tuck is out
0: long term. Mark Stone, Nolan Patrick, Zach Whitecloud. Yeah, they're they're hurting. So it, in a way, it almost doesn't make sense for them to take Eichel. But with them moving Tuck, who's already hurt. They're not losing too much. And it's only Krebs who has not looked amazing so far in Vegas. No.
1: And this would be their big deal. Like this would be yeah. their, they have been looking for a star number one center since they've came into the league. I mean, Will Carlson has done phenomenal, but he's not the guy long term. Chandler,
0: Chandler Stevenson has been better consistent, more consistently than Will Carlson has right,
1: too. as of late, but even he, even last season, he was better but even him, he's definitely not the guy, but if the Knights got Jack Eichel, they would look for real. And this ownership group, as we've heard over the past few months, all they want to do is win. They will win at any cost. They want to win right now. This Jack Eichel deal won't get them to win this year, but I think you give it a year, you say, okay, we're going to take in him and we're just going to let everyone get healthy. Screw this year. If, we make the playoffs, we make the playoffs. If not, we don't. Next year, though, you have a healthy Jack Eichel, a healthy Mark Stone, a healthy Max Pacioretty, however much they're worth at that point, a healthy Will Carlson, a healthy Nolan Patrick, Zach Whitecloud. You get you get the picture. And who knows who you pick up in the offseason or in the rest of the season making trades. So there's de- I think Vegas is going to happen. It's not going to be Anaheim. It's not going to be Calgary. It's going to be Vegas. If I, I think it has to be Vegas at this
0: point, right? I mean, that's the only team that really, really makes sense. So you you can argue that Calgary makes sense, but the return just it, it, the return isn't as appealing to Sabres no. fans and even Sabres management.
1: No, I mean.
0: The best. Return. I mean, I'll take I'll take a Dylan Dubé, Conazzari first, and insert player name here. No, because Dylan Dubé. I mean, like Dylan Dubé, or also input an Andrew Mangiapani who has looked
1: very good. Yeah, aside from their looks on paper, the the Flames are a lot like the Sabers. I mean, the Flames are running the Pacific right now. They ran through the Philadelphia Flyers last or a couple nights ago. And the Flyers have been dominating in the East, so it's like. But then you look at like Montreal and Vegas and, um, who else is starting off real slow? Chicago, I mean, well. Yeah,
0: they well, yeah. they they deserve it a little bit.
1: They deserve it, but I'm saying, like, look at all these teams that are usually we see them as perennial, like, you know, winners and and starting off hot. Well, I mean, and even even off- look
0: at Tampa and Toronto.
1: Within our division. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's looked really rough throughout the league for some teams and weirdly good for other teams. So I I don't know. It's, it's it's so, it's so delicate, this trade, because like I said, there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of money going each way that has to be looked at. And that's why, I mean, that's why there's no real timetable. It's just kind of like, we know who's going where. We know all the particulars. We just have to figure out the math, you know? So
0: Yeah, and it, it and
1: it sucks. Um at this point retain Jack's salary. Okay? I'm, Me and I Luke even... were talking. We were talking about this right before we recorded, Luke. What what did you I mean, what did you say? You, you look at this team, they're young and they're cheap, right? Yeah. Like Oh yeah. We have 15 million in cap right now. Our biggest signing this coming off season would be Victor Olofsson.
0: The next biggest would be our two roots aligning at a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. He's he's not going to make much, even if he pops off this year at some point. I don't think he makes anything more than 1.5 because it's one year and him being a Europe player. We know how they can have one really good year and then four really, nothing. really bad ones. Yeah. Like, Look, i.e. Vlad Soboka. He had 31 points. He was looking He was looking pretty good in St. Louis. Yeah. And then he did nothing after that season, i.e. Mikhail Grankarenko. <laughs> he was a bust for us. He came, went over to uh, Colorado, put up – he went up 40 points. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, those two seasons, went back to the K, came back to Columbus, back to the K.
1: And, and by the time we're done retaining Jack's salary because Jack's contract that he is on is up at the end of the 2025-2026 season. Holy crap, that looks like a long way away, but it's not. It's really <laughs> five years. That, that's strange to me. Um, that When that contract is up, you'll have already re-signed Dylan Cousins. You'll have already re-signed Tage Thompson, Anders Bjork. Hopefully, Olofsson signed that long. The season before, you'll re-sign Rasmus Dalin and Casey Middlestat and Henry Ukiharu. If if you get Peyton Krebs, he'll be an RFA the same year as Dahlin and all those guys. And Al Tuck is signed through the same season as Jack Eichel. So his money comes off, Tuck's goes on. really works out if you retain money. And I'm not saying retain half, but retain like maybe three mil. I, that That's a number I'm comfortable with is 3 million.
0: I've been I mean, seeing 2.2 be thrown around a lot. It This is... Well, like, three mil... I, yeah, i see seen 2.2 thrown out a lot about how much we should retain, and I like that number. I think that's a very low enough number it's it's less it's less than Gergensen's makes. Right. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> um I, I, I just want it to happen at this point. I, I've literally yeah, have started to take myself out of discussion, like try to get away from even looking at anything. I go trade talk because Everyone's gonna have their own trade ideas, and all these rumor mills going around. It's it, it's like it's just draining at this point. Like I'm like, just get well, a deal done so we can stop talking about it. I'm over talking about it. That's the thing,
1: right? And like they all say, it's not done till it's done because realistically, thirty teams are in on Jack Eichel.
0: Like if you are a 30, team, 30, in NHL, thirty-one,
1: no thirty, because we're out. Obviously,
0: who's the other team that's out?
1: Colorado and I think the Rangers are fully out.
0: Okay, but you you get my point though. In reality, thirty one teams are in the sweepstakes for Jack Eichel. No, because I like I if, just said. No, but if but if you, if you think about it in a wide spectrum, like thirty one teams are in the sweepstakes for Jack Eichel, and the fact of pretty much any team in this league, if they're if they're if they're any kinds of smart, they've seen what Jack Eichel can do. Right. Right. Like. You'd be stupid to not have want him on your team. Obviously, some teams don't need him, i.e., Colorado. You know, Edmonton has McDavid well, already. Like see,
1: the Colorado thing was, the reason he's not going to Colorado is because we're not retaining salary and they want us to. So, that's like basically why he's not going to Colorado. Yeah. Um, but,
0: but you get you get my point in that though, right?
1: Like, no, but like what like what I'm saying though is basically every team is in on this guy so we can't really safely assume oh he's going to vegas Oh, he's going to calgary Oh, he's going to anaheim because who knows maybe there's been this sleeper team i mean not to say the islanders are in on it but we know how lou lamorello is with with trade rumors nothing gets I'm, out of i'm the getting island.
0: i'm getting barzil i don't i don't want anything but Barzal. oh well, like i said i'm not <laughs> saying the islanders
1: are in it at all because why would they be but it's just, it's that kind of thing where it's like, you never know who could just pop in out of nowhere last second. Like, hey, we'll give you this, this, and this. This is exactly what you want. Exactly. And that final point for me I know I've been talking a lot. I'm sorry. If you all hate my voice by now, I'm sorry. You should. Um, my final point I love how Kevin Adams has stuck to his guns. Yes. But I think it's time to loosen up on the re- retaining thing. That's the yes. only thing you loosen up on. You try to get the same value. But you say, hey, look, Vegas, we're going to do you a solid. We're going to retain two, $2.6 million on cap Jack's cap hit. Let's make this deal happen.
0: Yeah. Definitely think so. But we're going to get off of this whole Jack Eichel thing, and we're going to look ahead to the future a little bit. You know, here in the Dot by the Way podcast, we, we're going to talk Sabres, and we're going to look ahead. we got some games coming up. We're still on this West Coast kick. we got San Jose tonight as we're recording. we got Seattle on Thursday, and then we're back home. For um the Red Wings on Saturday. I put in the doc wrong. I said Jersey, it's the Red Wings this Saturday. Jersey was last Saturday. <laughs> the, yes, Jersey was actually two Saturdays ago. Oh geez. This is kind of flying by. Like what's right? Happening? We're we're in game nine tonight. Wow. Already on the season. Um yeah, we got we got the Red Wings this Saturday. I'm actually going to that game, so I'm very excited, and I'll definitely give you guys an update on how that went. Um this West Coast skid, we've looked. You know, we won against Anaheim. We had a three nothing lead. We let them crawl back. We won in overtime. Um, Sunday after the Bills game, we saw them have a two nothing lead in the second period, get wiped away, and we lost three two. They're 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 doing typical Sabres things um, what, that we've seen over sounds, the past ten years.
1: From what we've all heard from player interviews and things like that. I remember Gergensen's, I think it was specifically, he said a lot of the guys had problems with jet lag. And mind you, like we were also talking about this before the show, this team had no Eastern conference team has traveled West in two years.
0: Exactly. The only team to do it is Montreal against Vegas. And well, that, well, that, and like, you know, when they went to go face Vancouver. Well,
1: yes, but, but, the majority of the league last. has not done a transcontinental trip in two years. And some of the guys on teams have never done
0: it. Especially Even these you... young teams. Right, right. Like, like the like Sabres. You... Yes.
1: Like you were pointing out earlier, you said Asplund hasn't really done it. Daleen only did it once. Um, Roots Alignan's never done it. So it, it's definitely weighing on the guys, I think. Um, and they just look more comfortable at home anyway. I mean, they always do, but... I mean, I'd always hope they do. You yeah. Know, it's your yeah. home ice. Right. Um, I mean, I'm hopeful for tonight. I have a good feeling. I, I have a, a good feeling about
0: tonight. A um, little upset that Olofsson's not playing and a little nervous about that. So, but... so yeah, that that news broke, at least to me, earlier today. Victor Olofsson is out of the lineup with a some kind of soft tissue injury thing. Hopefully, it's just like a day-to-day thing and he'll get it figured out. Uh, Cody Eakin, however, is back in the lineup, so we will see Which him for the is first weirdly time. Like, hey, that's good. <laughs> yes, because that line's done well. Hopefully, Eakin can be at the same spot he was before the injury. Um, those those listening that don't know, I I at least um, have been very, 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 very low on Cody Eakin. Um, I don't think he deserves a spot in the NHL. At least I, I on think our the roster. Entire fan base was low
1: on him last year i mean the man did not know how to play hockey for four months um but he's figured it out he's looked pretty good he's just looking better under granado like we've been saying this whole episode
0: it might be that um you know he's looked pretty well with gurgensen's oposo so hopefully that lines back to how it was the first couple games of the season before his injury uh i definitely think it can be um especially tonight and especially against you know, it's it, that's a veteran line, and as long as not none none of the three of them get hurt tonight, we have Seattle coming up on Thursday, another our last West Coast game for this trip, and you know a veteran line. You know they've they've been through these West Coast first the slash East Coast trips for Cody Egan when he's in the West Coast for a while. You know these long stretches away, they know how to they know how to play, and you know. With a team that's as, you know, new as Seattle, still trying to figure out chemistry that could really benefit us with the veterans playing together to just wear down that Seattle team. And I'm, I'm optimistic over the next three games, honestly, tonight's, Thursday's, and even Saturday's. The Red Wings are looking good, but we're back home after a nice long road trip they're they're playing fun hockey and that's 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 all I've been asking for for the past 10 years play fun hockey i don't care if we lose 6 to 4 you put up four goals you looked pretty okay doing it obviously defensive woes and goaltending woes are there but they they looked fun they were fun to watch and that's how you get fans back in the stands we saw it throughout the first week of the season we weren't we we didn't even break 10,000 fans that arena can fit eighteen thousand. Nineteen thousand. Whatever. <laughs> My point stands. <laughs> like we're never breaking ten thousand fans in that arena. Play fun hockey and you'll get fans back. But speaking of fun hockey and you know, getting fans back, some of these uh some of these young guys seem to potentially bring that back as we're going to shift down to the uh, AHL real quick. Talk about our Rochester Americans, our farm team, you know, nice little trip down to 90. Cause um, our draft picks are looking really good in Jack Quinn and JJ Paterka.
1: Jack Quinn is very good at hockey.
0: Okay. That, that's, that's a bit, he's very good at AHL hockey. Yes. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a better point.
0: So nine points, nine points of fifteen last year. Ten in five. Ten this and year? six. Ten and six this year. this year. Um, he has just blown me away.
1: I mean, him and JJ Pater- is JJ Paterka what Marco Rossi was for him on the Ottawa sixty sevens. I mean. We all remember going into that draft. We all wanted Marco. Everyone wanted Marco Rossi. That was the guy. He was everyone. There, oh my God, we got him. And then boom, you draft Jack Quinn. Big letdown. And then everyone was like, oh my God, only, you know, Rossi just feeds Quinn. That's the only reason he has goals, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward to now, JJ Paterka has six assists. Jack Quinn has five goals. Like I'm not saying he's assisted; he's been the primary assist for every single goal. But they play in a line together, and Paterk a plus three, Quinn's a plus two. Well,
0: so, they're also on a, same, the same power play unit as well.
1: Right. So it's just these two look like they're meshing very well, and I hope they stay
0: together when they come to the NHL. That's that's exactly where I was going to go with that. It's 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 good to see from two AHL players. Um, that are you know your your biggest names in in your system right now. Mm, well, and biggest names in
1: the AHL system, anyway.
0: Yeah, like two of the big, two of the bigger names in your system playing very well together. You know, um, our buddy Steve uh, has brought up this point um, about about the whole how they've played this year. You know, Jack Quinn and Jacob Turkle playing together. It's a lot like Roy and Pominville from the lockout season.
1: Right. This Amherst team reminds me a lot of that team from the lockout season. I mean, obviously not every – I mean, every guy on that lockout team was going to make it to the NHL. I mean, you look back at that roster, it was just incredible how many NHL players were on that team. But, I mean, J.J. Paterka, Jack Quinn –
0: Michael Mersch has looked good. He's he's looked very well as a leader down there in the A. I don't think he really ever gets a chance with the Sabers, um, just because we have you know right. JJ and Jack. They're going to be the first call ups, obviously.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Mersh is only, I mean, how old is he? He's not
0: too. I wanna old. say he's twenty six. He was born in ninety two, so he's twenty eight. Yeah, okay. Going on so, 29, yeah.
1: So he's definitely a veteran presence down there for them, so you, you'd expect him to get the points he's getting. But, I mean, he could be a call-up, say another forward gets hurt. Yeah. I would. I honestly would have liked to see, maybe see him get called up instead of Brett Murray. I don't want to see Quinn or Paterka get called up yet.
0: I don't want to see him called up until 25-plus games have been played.
1: Right, yep. Let him get more under their belt. Um, especially,
0: especially Paterka. Um, Jack Wynn at least has some games played in the A and is played at higher levels. Whereas Paterka coming from the Dell, you know, he's used to that Europe style of play, let him really get accustomed to the North American style and how how things kind of work and get him that experience before rushing him. And that's, that's exactly what it was. Everyone was calling for Paterka. Hey, Paterka should be in the lineup, Paterka should be in the lineup come opening night and then when mm-hmm. he wasn't everyone was kind of like well, why and some of the some of the guys like some people were just like hey we're not rushing him like we did middle
1: right um couple other prospects i want to hit um hopefully future prospect brendan Bursan has 11 points for michigan in 8 games another one of his fellow teammates owen power has 8 points in 8 games pretty good start i'd say for a defenseman had three of those eight points in his first game of the season so that's pretty good um another one of his teammates eric portillo has eight games played six wins two losses 18 goals against for a two two a 2.25 goals against and a 920 save percentage it's pretty good compared to Ukapeka Four point nine three goals against average
0: and a .818 save percentage. Is it time we start to talk about is UPL a bust?
1: I don't think he's a bust because he
0: never got to the league. I I don't. That makes him even. That would make him even more of a bust if he even doesn't look at how he's playing in the A right now. Look how he played last year. Even he was not looking good.
1: Right. I just feel like he's been. Pushed for so long of like, oh my god, you're the guy, you're the guy, you're the guy. It it, it's got a way on him somewhat,
0: you know. Possibly, but they they're not pushed. They don't push that down in Rochester, over in Rochester. They don't push things like that on him. Right, that's fair. They're like, hey, you're the starting goalie here. That's your focus. And when you when you see he's played what eight games, seven games, six. Uh, four. Oh, he's played. Even even that four games and having almost five goals against mm-hmm. in the AHL, like I'm not saying the AHL is a bad league, but when you're taut like when you're touted as a goalie of of the future for a team, mm-hmm. you, you, those numbers can't be that high. They just right. can't.
1: But then you look at one Devin Levi, who has had I think. Four shutouts in all. Four of his wins
0: are have been shutouts.
1: Yeah, Devin Levi has no five wins now. He's five oh. and three.
0: Okay, with I missed 14, a game in there
1: with fourteen goals against, a one seven six goals against average, and a nine forty save percentage with four shutouts.
0: He's playing. He's playing in a weaker division with Northeastern, but but it, it's still
1: really good numbers.
0: It's unreal numbers for any goalie in any league.
1: Right, and you look at what he did in the world or
0: world juniors, not too long ago, when he was. I don't look into injured. world juniors. I don't look into world juniors anymore because of Casey Middlestap. But he put
1: up Carey Price numbers in those world juniors as an injured goaltender. I mean, granted, on a very good Canada team, overpowered Canada team. Right. But he had 7 games played with a 0.75 goals against and a 964 save percentage. While he was injured, the only game they
0: lost was the gold medal game. Oof. Right, but still. Like it, so what I'm hearing is he cracks under pressure. <laughs> no, no. That whole team cracked under pressure, let's be yeah. real. I'm I'm very I'm very high on both Portillo and Levi and that's why I don't say UPL is a bust, but if he doesn't figure it out by the end of the year and either Portillo or Levi are ready for at least, like, the AHL and they're willing to leave school to come do that, I'm okay with it. I want to see what they can do on a higher level. Right. I mean, I look at it with
1: either Portillo or Levi – I feel like it's almost kind of like the Marty and Miller situation we had, where Marty Biron was just coming in. He looked like he was going to be our starter for a while. And then, boom, Ryan Miller comes out of nowhere and just shocks the world and takes the starter position away from Marty. For all, for how long now we've said, Ukapeka Lukonen is going to be the guy, he's going to be the starter, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, Eric Portillo or Devin Levi, or both of them, could just come in and just take it away from him. You know, I mean, I so, would love to. See,
0: I would love to see it be both, and we just have a Portillo-Levi tandem for years. If they're if they're right. up to that level,
1: right? I mean, I think eventually one of them is going to be worse than the other, but oh,
0: most definitely. And I, I'm, it's it's hard to tell right now. I think Portillo in the long run might be the better goalie.
1: Yeah, Michigan is always again back to well, Miller was Michigan State, but still, still Michigan. Michigan, has, yeah, Michigan has always produced good goaltenders, so. And along with college hockey as a whole. So, it, I'm okay if UPL doesn't work out the way we wanted them to. We, we have, I'm not saying we have goalies, but we do have options. We
0: potentially have options, and that's the biggest thing to take away from it and to hope for for the future if you are any kind of optimist like Josh is. <laughs> we have pieces. Right. It's a matter of putting them together and seeing if they these pieces can translate to the NHL level. And that's speaking, what you hope to see.
1: Speaking of those pieces, we're going to take a deeper dive into the European prospects next week. I know we really only hit the American-Canadian prospects. but Well, we didn't really hit the Canadian ones, so we'll hit Canada and Europe next week because I know we kind of teased that a little bit. But we're running low on time, so we'll probably hit those prospects next week for you.
0: Definitely going to hit those prospects next week. Um, I also, uh, for those listening, I know this is the very first episode, but something I want to integrate here on the show is talking about some of your guys' posts on Die by the Blade. I would love to hear that. I would love to talk about that. You know, y'all y'all read an article? We'll talk about it. If you really want to talk about it, we'll definitely talk about it because we want int- to we want to get you guys involved with this as much as we can. I, you know – I'm starting to read some of these articles and they're they're looking really good i'm loving the bold predictions i'm loving these takes after the games before games pre-games everything i love it i love to see it and it's something i want to keep going here on the die by the blade podcast um you know it's our first episode we're we're, we're you know getting our feet rolling here we're getting we're getting the skates wet a little bit you know we might not be on the ice yet maybe we had a conditioning drill today Stop with um, the pun.
1: It, it was funny for the first five seconds.
0: Getting the skates wet? What does that mean? I, I don't know. I, I lost I lost my train of thought. We're just rolling. How here. much do
1: you sweat when you skate? <laughs> the ice is wet? Well yeah, but it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be frozen. Hence cold weather. Hence ice hockey.
0: Alright, anyway. Yeah, but like it melts sometimes. Moving on. <laughs> Uh, I'm st- honestly at this point. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing our, our voices. So if you made it this far, thank you so much for dealing with us and getting through this very first episode of the Die by the Blade podcast. Definitely gonna keep this going. We love talking hockey, and you know it's end of the show. We can we can take a quick little break from hockey and. Just talk about us for another second, because that's what we like to do here. We just have banter. Josh, anything fun going on in your life coming up? Um, Not
1: really. Or I previous. Mean, <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the month of November. It's the month before Christmas. It's the month of Thanksgiving. Um, it's, you know, it's that time of year again. I'm excited. I mean, football's going well. The Bills are doing great. I mean, Sunday's game could have been better but we still won so that's what matters um but uh you know i'm really excited for uh, snow to come back we had as we're like we said we were recording on the second i had our uh, my, at least in my area the first bit of snowfall i live in the farther in the southern tier so got a little bit of snow today that was fun um just looking forward to when the the lakes and the ponds freeze over and we can go out and skate on those instead of having to skate in those crappy arenas but um other than that, I'm just kind of vibing, doing me and just really excited about the show. And thank you guys for listening.
0: Yes, definitely thanks for listening. Um, I myself, you know, like I said, I got the Sabres game coming up. Uh this Saturday, I get to go to it. My wonderful girlfriend bought me tickets for my birthday a couple weeks ago, so I'm very excited about that. First time going to a game in three years. Because of all everything with COVID, two years. Two years? Two
1: yeah, years. yeah. Cause we went during the 50th anniversary. Yeah, we went <laughs> yeah. we saw
0: me and you saw the, the Jersey blowout. <laughs> yeah, we saw that. And yeah, yeah, it was that was a fun game to be at. But yeah, first game in like two years. So very excited for that. Um, I'm also off from work tomorrow, which I'm also very excited about after driving to Syracuse today. Uh for those that don't know, I know I didn't preface this. Yeah, In the intro, I do military funeral honors full-time, so my life surrounds around the military, and I had to go to Syracuse today, and it was a long drive, to say the least. Um, but thank you again, everyone that tuned in to listen to the very first episode of the Die by the Blade podcast, hosted by Luke and Josh, and you know... Just go, go watch some Sabre hockey tonight and the rest of the week. It's going to be fun. Sabers after dark, baby. Let's do it. Yes, sir. And go Billy.